Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Thursday, August 15th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, filmmaker Jane Galuli grew up in Ferguson and noticed a divide between Kinlock and her hometown. That divide was symbolized by a physical barrier, which is at the heart of her documentary, Where the Pavement Ends. Divided communities were and are still so prevalent in the United States, and I think I wanted people to realize that many communities are complicit in the same kind of racial division. Galuli speaks with St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson about the film and Ferguson and Kinlock during the 1960s. First, the news. Supporters of a referendum on Missouri's new eight-week abortion ban say they will not be able to collect enough signatures to place it on a statewide ballot in 2020. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft has released the ballot language. Those behind the initiative say Ashcroft deliberately took as much time as possible to get to that point, essentially stalling the signature collection effort. ACLU of Missouri Policy Director Sarah Baker says the group would have needed 100,000 residents to sign it before August 28th. That's when the new law takes effect. We are left with only 14 days to do that, and that's a political ploy to deprive Missourians of the right to the referendum. The ACLU has also sued the state in an effort to overturn the new law. In another case involving the Civil Liberties Union, it has joined the MacArthur Justice Center of Missouri in asking a judge to grant emergency relief to prison inmates infected with hepatitis C. They've already filed a class action lawsuit against the Missouri Department of Corrections and its medical provider. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Jacqueline Driscoll reports, the case is not expected to be heard at least for another year. And in the meantime, they want a judge to order treatment. The lawsuit claims that the MDOC and Corizon are not treating several thousand inmates infected with hepatitis C. This is leading to chronic and severe problems and even death, says Amy Bryan with the MacArthur Justice Center. There's been two days of testimony, but Bryan says the most compelling, in her opinion, came from two Corizon doctors. And they both testified under oath that if they could, they would treat everybody in Missouri prisons who has chronic hepatitis C with these direct-acting antiviral drugs. The Missouri Department of Corrections said they could not comment on ongoing litigation. The hearing is set to wrap up on Friday, and the judge is expected to make a decision shortly after. In Jefferson City, I'm Jacqueline Driscoll, St. Louis Public Radio. Michael Person is likely to be the next state representative from the Ferguson area. Democratic Township Committeemen have nominated Person to represent the party in a November special election. Democrats dominate the district, so Person is expected to win. He plans to focus on education and workforce development and worries students do not have the critical thinking skills needed to succeed. We have two generations to save. We're not going to save them all, but that's where our emphasis should be. Person works for Ameren on diversity and inclusion issues. The new leader of Missouri University of Science and Technology says building on the school's assets is key to its growth. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports that means even more focus on science, engineering, and technology. Mo Degani says S&T's biggest strength is in its academics and research in engineering and other tech fields. 
And he says if the university is to increase its enrollment and status, it will be in those areas. The potential that this place has to uh, become significantly more uh, relevant and an important player in the world of science and engineering uh, and beyond in the whole field of STEM activities. Degani says the university needs to do a better job of promoting and highlighting its academics and research. Degani started as the chancellor at ST this month, coming from Stevens Institute of Technology in New Jersey. In Rala, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. The city of Kinloch was once home to 10,000 people. The 2010 census counted about 300. Filmmaker Jane Galuli grew up in neighboring Ferguson and noticed a divide between the communities, a physical barrier, which is at the heart of her documentary, Where the Pavement Ends. Galuli spoke with St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson about the project, which is part of the Arch City Defenders racial justice film series. Filmmaker Jane Galuli grew up in Ferguson during the Jim Crow era. Galuli is white. As a child, she had a lot of freedom in her hometown and was completely unaware that Ferguson was a segregated white community that sat next door to Missouri's first all-black city, Kinloch. I wasn't aware that Ferguson was a closed community. Until then, I get a little bit older and can, could venture further from where I grew up. And that's when I first um, came across, like, all kids in in the town um, knew about this closed road on Suburban Avenue. And then I was certainly aware that that this was different, you know. And um, But at the same time, this was never anything that was discussed. The Suburban Avenue that Galuli talks about is the now non-existent site of the roadblock. I remember the first time I saw it, I remember it being a a metal, like, corrugated guardrail that was cemented into the ground, you know, like you'd see running along the side of a highway or something like that, or at the end of a a dead-end road. The 79-minute documentary connects two historical moments that both the neighboring city residents have witnessed, the Kenlock-Ferguson roadblock protest, as well as the demonstrations that ensued after the killing of Michael Brown Jr. What the roadblock represented to me was the, was the sort of institutional racism that um, existed, you know, 50 years ago. And that was the, the prehistory of, you know, how and why a teenage boy could be killed uh, on a street on the other side of town 50 years later. To Galuli, examining segregation and other racial inequalities that derived from the roadblock was just as important as focusing on the killing of Michael Brown Jr. This is such a common tactic that's used and it's still used all over the country. And so it having a, you know, two segregated towns divided by some sort of roadblock or barrier is something, and, you know, divided communities existed all over the United States, and they still do. And so I also felt like this was going to be something that anybody who saw this film is going to relate to, and they do. The 61-year-old filmmaker says the barricade created resentment and anger between residents of Kenlock and Ferguson. In the film, one resident of Kenlock expressed her memories on how the Black A made her and other Blacks feel in the 1960s. One thing that I remember is that we were angry. And, and today people are angry. 
there's a lot of things to be angry about. And a lot of people don't get it. It was clearly there as a, a racist monument almost, you know, to like what was happening between the communities. I'm certainly not trying to say that the barricade between the two towns directly created the events that, that um, happened with Mike Brown. But I do think that there's an association between the decades of unresolved racism in this country and, and, and how it will continue to, to just like feed more violence and anger. Where the pavement ends argues that although the suburban avenue barrier is gone, its legacy as a symbol of racism persists in memory and in real life. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Holly Edgel edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. If you like this podcast, tell a friend. Also, subscribe, rate, and review. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.